Welcome to episode 140 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I am your host, Dave Ginsburg, and welcome back to my co-host, Warren Sklar. How you doing, Warren? I'm good, thank you. Uh, nice to miss you in the last couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. We did, yeah, I missed some uh, good, good stories, so... Looks like we got a good list here. Yeah, we got good stuff to talk about. But of course, we're going to have a lot more fun because be uh, Mr. Guy Searle from the MyMac.com podcast and Mac to the Future Go podcast is here. How you doing, Guy? Hey, everybody. How you doing tonight? Yeah, um, uh, This is, I guess, kind of a uh, makeup yeah. for... Well, I already the, asked you before you, it happened, so... That's true. That's true. But, uh, oh my God, what a disaster last night yeah, was. His camera's working good. And he's sounding good. And we're ready to talk yeah. talk about uh, iPhone, iPad, and iOS, all that fun stuff, and a lot of good news stories this week. Um, and I got a couple, uh, I got a couple product reviews I'm going to be talking about uh, the show uh, as well. We'll talk about that, and uh, and yeah, well, so we should have uh, lots of fun here. So uh, let's uh, uh, and uh, get started here. And of course, I just lost my notes here. Let's go back. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, let's start with the first story here. And we, you know, we all like Mac rumors, so we'll just keep keep that consistency going here. There is a leaker, and there's always a leaker on Mac rumors. A leaker suggests that the Apple event is going to be held on March 23rd. Uh, Apple will hold its first will. They says it will hold its first event of the year on March 23rd, according to information provided by a reputable Chinese leaker, Dunru, <laughs> and Apple is expect. What? Yeah, I, I, maybe I sent that wrong. Apple is expected to uh, launch AirTags, new iPads, and possibly even new AirPods at a spring event, and he believes the date will be on March 23rd. Uh, initial speculation uh, pointed this event to be the 16th, uh, as we rec- uh, bef- before we record this. Actually, 16th would have been uh, next week, but it's not. Um, so they're looking about the 23rd. But you know, everything changes. We don't know. This is all rumor. But uh, well, I'm I have feel like pretty good feeling. Uh, Apple's track record has been pretty consistent that they uh, end up having uh, events uh, in March. Of course, it's going to be virtual. Uh, and they're probably going to, I would, I would hope they're going to release iOS 14.5, which we'll be talking about in a bit. Uh, Guy, what do you think? Well, yeah. Um, it's, it's been a while since they've, since they've released anything of note since, I guess, yep. December right. was the, the last big mm-hmm. event. And it, it would kind of follow that, uh, that they would start off with, with something like iPads and, you know, I'm still not sold on AirTags. Uh, mm-hmm. I think for for a major, because I mean, really, when you think about it, it, it's a brand new product category for them. So would they, I mean, that would probably be the headliner for for an event like that. And I don't know if they would lump that in with a with a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, hard to say. I mean, like I said, rumor, rumor, and more rumor. Um, any thoughts, Morin? No, I, except I think somebody else also, another leaker, maybe Prosser, said the same thing about a March yeah. event. So I think there was a few people. I probably trust that. him more. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, it's probably really more about what could possibly be released and whether there's actually going to be an event. And because they're all virtual now, I mean, does it really count as an event yeah. anymore? 
I think these days it, yeah, it has. So um, last year, you know, last year what they had four events. So then then they're all virtual. So wake wake me up on the sixteen inch. Uh, he's he's itching. He's here. itching for it. He's <laughs> itching. Yes, not one, the two. <laughs> the M whatever. I M, don't care. M one X M two. It we'll could see. be a M M zero. Um, next story. This is in uh, TechCrunch actually. Uh, Apple to invest one point two billion dollars in silicon uh design center in germany apple has announced uh, the that its plans to increase its corporate spendings in germany in particular the company wants to set up a new facility in munich germany called the european silicon design center uh, the team will focus on 5g and potentially future wireless technologies uh, the company said that Munich is already its largest engineering hub in Europe, and there's already 1,500 engineers working there. In particular, Apple has been putting together its own team of engineers working on uh, power management chips. Overall, uh, half of the Apple engineers working on power management are in Germany. Since then, Apple's teams in the country have expanded beyond power management to work on other chip designs. So this is going to be interesting to see. Uh, uh now, Apple was partnering with uh, Qualcomm with the 5G modems for the iPhone 12 lineup. So uh, it's going to be interesting seeing where, where Apple goes with this. Um, uh, Warren, what do you think of this? Uh, I mean, I don't have a lot of thoughts about it, but um, I guess I guess uh, people in America would have been happy here if they did it here, I guess, uh, keep the jobs in, over here. But... If I was German, I guess I would be happy to get a job there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, guy, you have uh, any thoughts on this? Yeah, maybe John. Maybe Johnny Ive is going there. Maybe he's moving to Germany <laughs> to design the, the chip, make it white with no holes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, this <laughs> Apple has been getting a lot of negative press in Europe lately between lawsuits in Italy and lawsuits in mm-hmm. Portugal and. The EU investigating them for, you know, one thing or another. And uh, it, it seems to me that that these kinds of announcements, and it's really kind of a, a nothing announcement. It's, it's more of a feel-good kind of story that it could possibly just be like, look, hey, we're employing all these people, you know, <laughs> we're the good guys. Yeah, that's us. So, you know, don't get mad at us and... and do weird things with tax laws and leave us alone. Everyone's happy. Yep. So, all right, let's uh, move on and uh, talk about iOS. iOS 14.4.1 was released earlier this week as we, uh, as we record this on March 8th, uh, they released a, uh, 14.1.14.4.1. It was a minor security update that comes with more than a month after the 14.4 update. Um, of course, the updates can be downloaded free. They're all all ready to go through the settings and the software update. Uh, of course, Apple's very tends to be pretty quiet when it comes to security updates, but uh, this uh, related to a WebKit um, bug that could allow malicious craft crafted web content to execute code. Of course, Warren, you're on beta, so you don't even see this, but uh, what'd you think of this? Uh, I mean, when, you know, when it came out and everybody saw it, everybody got excited for a minute thinking it was 45. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that, that was a big uh, buzzkill for everybody. Um, myself included. Um, but it came out out of nowhere. So I'm assuming, uh, you know, you never know how long they've been working on this, but it was, it's not usual. They push out something, in between 
big updates like that. So it must have been a big one that they did it because they did it on all everything. Uh, TV, the watch, did in the Mac too, right? Yeah, Mac. And I think there was a Mac one, yeah. Mac mm-hmm. OS, yeah. Yeah, so whatever it is, it was nasty. But, you know, that's why we like Apple. They, they do things yep. like that. What you thought, the guy? Uh, well, I'm on fourteen, the fourteen oh, five beta, beta okay. for my iPad. Well, just on oh, the okay. iPad. I'm trying to. There was the story about the the not virus, the the malware that came out. It was what last week, week before last, where it it was one of those. And 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 again, like with most malware you have to jump through like major hoops to install it. Uh, And in some cases bypass Apple security, basically saying, are you really sure you want to really, really, are you really super sure, super serious that you want to do this? Okay. You know, and then it, it, it gets on there and Apple has a tendency to, once they find out about these things to kind of over engineer a solution for it, which can sometimes also be to the detriment of users when, you know, stuff that they were used to doing before that was completely innocent now doesn't work at all. But I haven't heard anything like that for, for this latest release. Okay. All right. Uh, then of course uh, they also had to release watch OS uh, 7.3.2 for the same reason with the, with the uh, the code, so uh, the watch OS is up to date. As so is the uh, iPhone and iPad as well. So, uh, so we're 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 now secure again. <laughs> um, so the next one next happens. One. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then uh, next one, and we've been talking about this for a while here. The iPhone 12 Mini faces production cut due to far lower demand than expected. Uh, this this was just released a couple days ago so as we record this. Uh, Apple is cutting orders for all iPhones by around 20% uh, compared to its plan in December with the iPhone 12 mini making up the majority of that cutback according uh, to uh, a source here. And in line with previous reports, the publication that uh, claimed this demanded for the iPhone 12 mini had been far lower than Apple initially expected. Reports claim that uh, Apple initially aimed to secure components for up to 96 million iPhones for the first half of 2021, including the entire iPhone 12 lineup and older models like the iPhone 11 and the iPhone SE. Uh, but the company apparently now is targeting production around 75 million. Oh, gosh, that's that's just so much lower here. Uh, um, so uh, uh, so they're talking about that. And then. The, they, they say the iPhone 12 mini demand has been so lackluster that Apple even asked some suppliers to temporarily stop building components for that device. So it's it's kind of interesting to see where it is. I mean, I know, Guy, you have the, the iPhone SE, the second gen, of course. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this? I think this is uh, this is definitely interesting. I think this was, this was like a major misstep by yeah. Apple to have yeah. both an, an iPhone 12 mini and the mm-hmm. SE. At the same time, I think the demand for a smaller phone had pretty much already been met by people buying the SE. And so when the iPhone 12 mini came out, you know, if, if they had, when the iPhone 12 line came out and the mini was part of it, probably what they should have done right away was stop selling the SE so that people who wanted a smaller phone only had one choice. And it would be the iPhone 12 mini. 
right. they didn't. Yeah, I think um, I think there were two people out there, people who said, I, I want a nice, powerful, small iPhone, and then I want a nice, cheap, small iPhone. And... Vendor. <laughs> yeah. So... You know the mini, the iPhone Mini Twelve Mini is a is a nice iPhone, but it's not cheap. I mean, compared to you know some other you know the SE at least. Um, but if you if you're the kind of person that wants a small phone and wants a powerful small phone, I think that's it. But I, I guess a lot of people thought they did and realized that the the regular size wasn't that much different in size and price, and decided just to go a little bit bigger. Um, yeah, you know, it's a shame because, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's a good amount of people that mm-hmm. like it, but, you know, they're not enough, I guess. I, I don't know why, I, you know, I don't understand the supply, but you would think they would come up with a way to still continue to produce them just at a lower volume going forward and not worry about, you know, maybe next year they'll do that. Uh, um, you know, keep it in the lineup and just have a better supply chain uh uh, estimate on what they're going to sell. So who knows? It might come back. That's it's kind of hard to tell though. I mean, it, you can make you can make all the estimates you want right. on how many people are going to buy what device, but it's it's still the consumer that yeah. decides that. So app, it usually goes the up, you know, other direction for Apple with the phones, right? You know, they're usually like, uh, you know, if you don't order on day one, you're you know you're looking seven months out to to get your phone or or ear pods or whatever like that. But so they're usually, they usually underestimate or at least give the appearance that they're underestimating. Maybe. Uh, but, you know, the, I don't think they're, you know, I don't think they're fudging numbers on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it, you're right. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to gauge. Remember as well that of all the, the 5g phones currently being sold. I think the iPhone is like what the top, in the top. top four. I think it was top. Yeah. Yep. Positions one, two, three, four are all iPhones, including the mini, which says a lot about the sales of a lot of other people's phones. Yeah. <laughs> they're, not, they're not, I mean, they're still not, they're still not outselling Android as an overall market. And you know, so they, many of them, they, they may never outsell no, because it. You know, the problem with that is you can walk into a gas station <laughs> buy an android yeah, phone off and the shelf. like you know it's just it's you know, bait shop and uh android phone mm-hmm. repair i mean they're just on you know like the, the you know you grab grab your uh candy or slurpee and uh like a like a like a it's, it's, it's not even like it's brand you'll never ever hear of like s-o-x-y like instead of like sony and as uh you know runs a version of android that you would you know you would never want to ever, ever, ever use in your life. Absolutely. Anyhow. All right. Uh, this uh, next story is in 9to5Mac. Uh, Apple must face consumer privacy lawsuit in open court, Judge Rules. Apple has d- been denied an effort to move a consumer privacy lawsuit to private arbitration. arbitration. Uh, the case involves customer complaints against Apple and T-Mobile over iMessage and FaceTime not being as secure as they've marketed. This was uh, first reported yeah. by Bloomberg, uh, the consumer Lawsuit uh, is based on multiple customer claims that an iOS bug plus T-Mobile's approach to recycling phone numbers created a privacy breach. Um, And uh, 
uh, of course, they all when it goes on and on asking then that that Apple's that doesn't go into the courts. You know, I could I could attest to the T-Mobile thing because I have gone caught a couple extra phone numbers and it just never fails. I mean, the the number comes through. I, I even actually I actually have the T-Mobile digits plan, which is, allows me to have a second phone number for free. Uh, but uh, when they call it, uh, but it's not an actual line. It actually uses their digits service. Uh, and boy, am I getting scams and spam and the crazy numbers through that because yeah. that was obviously a number that was renewed. Um, I'll introduce you. I had the same same exact thing. I had, I had finally canceled it yeah. because I, it was unusable, uh, and I kept getting the same call from the yeah. same person, uh, looking for the same person. I'm like, I'm not actually stop. I don't even answer, stop. but <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, I came to that point. Yeah, Dave's not yeah, here, man. Not here, man. Um, I know. I know everything about Ashley. But, yeah. What? What? What did you? Oh, Ashley. Ashley. Um, so what, what did you really think of this, Warren, as far as uh, with with FaceTime and, and iMessage that they claim that it's not secure? I, I thought for sure it was secure. I don't, and without reading into it, I'm guessing what happens is when somebody's phone number changes or go through, somehow it could still be tied to the, uh, it's still tied to their iCloud mm-hmm. account, iMessage account, and it's FaceTime the wrong person, possibly. That's the only thing I think of this this would be. But uh, other than that, I don't understand it. Okay. Guy, you have any? Uh, what? Yeah, I don't understand what the issue is. Do you have is. any thoughts on that guy? Well, apparently there has been some <clears throat> leakage of data from iMessage and, I'm sorry, from messages and from um, uh, FaceTime. FaceTime. Was that right. the other one? Was it FaceTime and messages? Uh, the the FaceTime one, I think, is like not really that big of a deal. I think that's mostly along the lines of of like what you guys were talking about, where people who knew whoever owned that particular telephone number again keeps calling, or if the, the spammers will continuously batter those numbers. Uh, I mean, I've had the same telephone number on my phone for almost 10 years and i i get three to four robocalls a day if if not more so the fact that uh an, a number that was being reused is also getting uh spammed i don't think is that big of a surprise the the, the part that does concern me would be the messages right. like if if people were able to get a hold of uh the data from within uh somebody's messaging services right. And look at old messages or, or whatever, or get, or get a hold of their contacts through yeah, messages. Supposed to be encrypted, so you you would hope it's protected. So, yeah. interest it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, well, remember as well that both T-Mobile and Apple, as part of their uh, EULA, have built in this this thing where you know it's up it's up to the company whether or not lawsuits of this nature first have to go through arbitration and that's that's basically what the lawyers for all these all these the consumer rights organizations are saying that they didn't want to do they wanted to force apple and t-mobile to do this through the open courts and of course t-mobile and apple just want all this to go away which is why they were trying to force arbitration the companies get more power with with going through arbitration as compared to going through regular Absolutely. courts. So, 
All right. We'll see what happens for sure with this lawsuit. Um, and we'll definitely be reporting back here. Um, next story. This is an Apple insider. Actually, this is a Apple watch summons immediate help for a man who fell through ice. A New Hampshire man who was ice skating on a frozen river when he fell through the ice, but he was able to get help very close to instantly using his Apple Watch. Firefighters reported a 911 call minutes after William Rogers fell through the ice on Salmon Falls River in New Hampshire. He was skating on the ice, didn't realize the ice was thin enough to fall through. And uh, he said, he told himself, don't panic, we'll figure out the options, and as seconds passed, the hypothermia was verge of setting in, but he remembered he was wearing his Apple Watch and he used it to call 911. And uh, I, I, I love seeing these, seeing all these uh, uh, feel good stories with the Apple Watch. And it's, it's just, just great. And it gives you even more of a reason why you'd want to, to, to have Apple Watch just for this very reason. What do you think, guy? Uh, as long as it's not on a T Mobile recycled number, yeah. sure. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> You're trying to call 911. No, I don't want a new car warranty. Leave me alone. I want a car warranty. Uh, but no, it's good stuff. What, what do you think, Warren? We're losing your mic here, Warren. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? It's barely. Barely. I touched, I touched nothing. Will you say that? Yes. Any better? Yes. Uh, that's weird. Do these styles go down on their own sometimes? No, no. Uh, not physical styles. No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, just saying, he's lucky. The uh, he's he, yeah, as I was saying, he's lucky. The uh, watch didn't freeze up on him. Yeah, uh, my answer. Very to lucky. That. But uh, another feel good story. We hear them all the time. Um, and then um, the story actually is in Mac Rumors. Uh, the two twenty twenty one Chrysler Pacifica shows off you connect five with wireless uh, CarPlay. Um, they took a look at this about a couple of years ago when this car had the you connect four, and they were you know adding both CarPlay and Android Auto. Um, it was it's got good visual visuals. I have I have a I have a Chrysler product, I and mean, I've been using you connect for a while, but I have a really old cars so and don't have CarPlay, but uh, uh, they're. They're in the early stages of creating this and updating models with the CarPlay, but this is just really a, a game changer here to make it finally wireless. I mean, I remember when I rented a car and I had to, you know, you still have to have your your lightning connector to plug it into the USB port to get it get CarPlay to work on on, on the old vehicles. So, um, so I think this is an excellent uh, change that they're finally they're, they're finally making and allowing it to be a, a good way of being able to do everything wirelessly now. So, uh, what do you think, Warren? Um, my wife had a, when, when they first did the redesign of the Pacifica the first time where it looked more like a big station mm -hmm. wagon, um, she had that car, the Pacifica, and it was a piece of crap. So that's all <laughs> I can tell you about that. Um, but uh, other than that, I'm, I'm jealous of all the CarPlay people. I, you know, I love the yeah. Tesla, but I would love a little CarPlay and that thing uh, if they could do it. And Guy, what do you think? Wireless, wireless is going to be a good thing for CarPlay? As long as as long as the wireless includes charging, because if you still have to have it connected up through uh, a power port or something along those lines to charge it at the same time, then what's the point of having it be wireless? Um, I I currently drive a Kia Soul, and one of the reasons why I bought the car that I did was, and it was a 2016, was because it had right. CarPlay, and. I have found over the over the course of my lifetime 
that automobile makers do not know how to make an interface that is no. decent for car electronics. And it doesn't matter whether it's the heating and cooling systems or, or windshield wipers. It, it, it's different every single time. Even, even within the same manufacturers, it, it's different every single time you get a new car. And uh, if yeah, for, for those people who rent cars on a regular mm-hmm. basis, they know, they know the pain of having to, to get into a, a, a car that they're not familiar with and, and say, okay, well, where the hell is everything on this piece of crap? And, you know, looking all around. And one of the things that Android Auto and CarPlay have done has been to level the playing field as far as, as, far as car entertainment, infotainment goes. So now it doesn't matter what car you get into. It doesn't matter whether it's you know, a, a Chrysler product or a Fiat or a Ford or, or mm-hmm. whatever you somehow you connect your phone and then you've got all of your stuff exactly like it is in the car that uh, you left at the airport. So I, at this point, I would not buy a car that did not have CarPlay. I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't I agree even, with you hundred percent. My next car will, it, it must have CarPlay. So, um, well, if you're happy with the car that you have now, just go to yeah, Crutchfield and, I don't, want, I don't want to do that. It's That's a pain. A pain. Never, never comes out right. right. And plus, I have a I have a, a Dodge Charger, and and you know, the U Connect. It's got the full ten inch screen, and it's integrated with the heating system. And, you know, then you'll lose all the controls for that, and and then it yeah. gets really messy. So, anyway, yeah. If, see, if, you yeah. Try to do, if you try to do it on a Tesla, it will drive straight into the uh, Apple. Store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, whether, whether you actually auto drive turned on or not, it's like okay, that's it. Enemy. We're losing your mic again, Warren. So good, check your volume. Uh, next story: uh, Apple now is give, uh, allowing the ability to repair an iPhone Pro's cracked rear rear glass without replacing the entire device. Last month, they, they we talked they talked about the, that they introduced a same day unit repair method for the 12 Mini and the 12 12 miles exhibiting issues that would typically need a unit full unit replacement. Now they've are offering this for the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max. Apple stores and Apple authorized service providers have now new a new rear Apple rear system part that essentially is an iPhone enclosure that includes all the components except the display and the rear camera. And I guess the parts available in most of the repair centers. Uh, I see Apple doing smart things here because that's what they had done for many, many years with the iPhone where you would have to uh, uh, replace the whole phone. And I think Apple is trying to get away from that. Uh, Guy, what do you think? Uh, I think they're getting away from it because they're not going to have much choice. There's a lot of countries and various municipalities across even the United States that are saying we don't want to have to replace an entire phone because uh, a a screen is cracked or, or this small component or, or the power sensing unit has gone down. So the fact that you can go ahead and just replace those components, you know, it's kind of a throwback to the old days, but at the same time, um, this should satisfy most of the the people that have been upset at Apple for it being such a closed unit and not being able to repair these mm-hmm. things. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with it. But I think that this is more of a response to that than yeah, anything else. Sure. All right, Warren, you back? Or what do you think? Still a little low. Still low. Yeah. 
Levers all the way up. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I might have to might have to move better. the mic a little closer. Yeah. Is this better? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but don't go crazy. Uh, what did you think of this? So the repairs, uh, Dorn. Uh, I thought. Um, I it, I don't understand it. It's you're replacing pretty much everything, but the 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 display and the camera, which is like you know fifty dollars a part yeah. for yeah. Apple, yeah. but. Um, uh, you know, to me, they're almost doing, mm-hmm. can you hear me still? Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Not if you can't hear me. Um, no, I, I, I get it, but it almost seems like if your screen is cracked and you, you know, your back gets cracked too, you're kind of screwed because, uh, um, like if your screen is just scratched, not destroyed and yeah. you live with it. Normally, in the you know, past, you would get a whole new phone, but now you you, you get a, a new phone with your crappy screen back on it. But um, yeah, it's, it's I guess it's good, but I don't understand why it's pretty much ninety percent of the phone is considered a replacement. Uh, you know, just do the whole thing yeah. at this point. All right. Uh, next story. This was in Mac Rumors. Uh, Sonos, my favorite speaker company, unveils a portable $169 Rome speaker with AirPlay 2, SoundSwap, and more. Sonos announced this uh, a couple days ago its new ultra-portable smart speaker called the Sonos Rome, uh, designed uh, for use at home and on the go. Uh, it's uh, designed to be even more port- portable than the Sonos Move, which I have behind me here, competing with the likes of an Ultra Ears Boom. Uh, priced at $169 in the United States, uh, Rome is, the Sonos Rome is probably the most affordable Sonos speaker, I, I must say, yes, for sure. Uh, and it's very light. It's only under a pound. And Sonos says, despite uh, it being smaller than a water bottle, it d- delivers powerful, ad- adaptable sound that defies expectations. You know, we can have all these adjectives in your place, but we got to listen to it here. Uh, and... Uh, and, and it goes on and on about some of the different class amplifiers, and uh, it does uh, work in, on a Wi-Fi network within range. Uh, you can do a stereo pair with it. So I think this is great to hear. I mean, I think and with Sonos, what they when they make some gr- incredibly great quality speakers, so I would anticipate nothing but real good uh, uh, speakers from from them when it comes to this. And to be this portable, it's probably considered the more high end of the small speakers because you can get some of these other small speakers down below you know, hundred bucks. So, uh, what do you think, guy? Uh, well, Sonos is a name that a lot of people trust yeah, for sound for sure. and the fact that you can, you can just connect it up to your portable device that plays music, whether it's a, a phone or That's what have I you. Like this. Yes, and yes. it's got like, I think cause I, I went and looked at this. It's got like a 10 hour right. charge, which is typically going to be good enough for what most people are outside yeah, doing. Yeah. So, um, I think it's really going to depend on, on how it sounds, but Sonos typically makes good speakers. So for 169 bucks, I mean, who else, who else is putting out something like this that, that should have quality yeah. sound and it's, it's, you know, Apple's, um, uh, HomePod right. mini sounds really, really good, especially considering what size it is, but that you're still, you're tethered to the wall right. with that thing. So hopefully, you know, Sonos has, has cracked the, the secret formula between good sounding quality audio and portability. Yeah, look, look forward to seeing the reviews of, uh, of, of from folks once they get their hands on it to listen to it. So do you have any thoughts, uh, Warren? Uh, I buy it. Yeah, well, it's something you already have. No, I haven't, I haven't yet, but I would. 
Um, yeah, it sounds like if you know what the whole, you know, the mini, the HomePod Mini should have been portable, in my opinion yeah. too. It should have been. I, you know, well, I'm surprised. An yeah, or an option, and, and you know, I'm surprised there's not. There might be something that comes out, you know, third party where you could plug it in to something portable with a battery. They make those for the uh, for the um, some of the Amazon dots. Uh, right. You could uh, buy like, like this battery enclosure and put it in there and make it portable. So, um, yeah, no, it, it's uh, beach ready. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, the move is too, but it's it's a lot heavier. That's for sure. It's not a pound. <laughs> this thing probably weighs about three or three pounds. Right. Um, but incredible sound so yeah i'll be looking forward to see it it goes on sale i believe pre-order on april 20th uh, recording this in uh earlier march so uh we'll, we'll see what happens when it comes out in the market and then uh last story we had here and again we've been talking about t-mobile a lot today, uh, this this time around here uh t-mobile automatically is opting yeah, opting customers into expanded data collection program for targeted ads uh T-Mobile is planning to automatically opt in customers in an advertising program that will see user web and mobile app usage shared with advertisers, reports the Wall Street Journal. In a recent policy, privacy policy update, T-Mobile and Sprint customers were informed that their web and mobile app uh, data was provided to advertisers starting on, will be provided on April 26th, unless you specifically opt out, which I did, uh, can be targeted with ads such as sports or cooking. Uh, and it applies to T-Mobile and Sprint customers, so it's covering everybody. Uh, but there is a way to opt on to this. You just go into your T-Mobile app, go to the More tab, select Advertising and Analytics. And what I did was I toggled off for all my uh, um, to use my data to make ads more relevant to me. And I did it for everyone in my family on my plan. So, uh, what'd you think, Ward? I, I got. I thought I got an email or something. I don't remember. I, I got an email saying we're doing this, and if you're okay with it, say yes. And if you're no. not, say no. I'll have to look for it. But I, I ended up saying fine because you know I, if I'm going to get ads, I might as well get ones that I'm interested in. You're still going to get ads. It's just yeah. not going to be relevant to to you. So I, I, I left it on. It doesn't bother me. Well, because you love Facebook um, too. But I don't remember. <laughs> oh I, no, I. I I know ads are everywhere. You know, that's the thing. And then, you know, I'd rather get an ad about, you know, something computer related or geeky related than like, you know, pantyhose or bras. Uh, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you, so. It's a feminine hygiene yeah. product. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, people were angry about it, but they're getting, you know, at least they're being upfront so, and they're. Uh, I'm glad I, have, I knew about it and I'm glad I was able to go turn off. So I don't want it. I don't want it. So, any thoughts on this guy? Yeah. Um, this is this is kind of a slimy thing for T-Mobile to do. To uh, this is the kind of thing where you should get an email, and it specifically says, "If you want to be part of this program, click this button, and we will opt you in." It should be opt in, not opt out. And if you decide to opt in, there should be some kind of financial re- re- recompense for doing so and not just, well, we want to make more money. So we're going to include everyone in, in targeted advertising, whether you want to be there or not, uh, unless you specifically say no. And this is, this is, I, I don't like this at yeah. all. I, I don't like it that, yeah. that companies will, will do something like this without at least giving you the, the option to uh, opt out as compared to, or to opt in as compared to being forced to go and opt yeah. yourself out. 
No, I agree. I agree. All right. I think we got uh, enough news for this week. Um, let's move on to our beta discussion as we do every week. Uh, iOS uh, and iPadOS uh, 14.5 beta 3 is still continuing uh, to be out there. Nothing has been updated since. Everybody's been itching to get 14, their hands on 14.5, the real version, not the beta version. Um, and um, it's just uh, been interesting to see what, where these things go here. I, I have an article here from 9to5Mac, and they asked this the same question. What might, when might Apple release iOS 14.5 to the public? Um, and there's been a lot of speculation mounting about the when the potential release is going to be to the public. I have this feeling since we just talked about that there's an Apple event coming potentially in a couple of weeks that maybe when they release it because they're holding back of all the all the privacy settings that uh, everybody's been up in arms about. Um, but there's people that are putting a beta on it now because they don't want to wait anymore because I really love the fact that you can be able to unlock your iPhone with your Apple Watch or the mask on. So, um, Warren, what do you think? Why, why do you think this is that Apple's been delayed? This is kind of un- unusual for Apple with uh, with beta releases usually. Yeah, I've been well. I've been saying this for a while. This is you know just made the news and people know about it, and um, you know it. People are itching for it, and I've talking, and I've, I know a lot of people that never used beta before yeah. are going to beta just to get this feature on there, which is probably not the best thing for Apple uh, to have people doing this to their phones if they don't right. know what they're doing. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I don't know why they just don't push it out. I've been running. The betas, uh, it's been what two or three releases on this version right. already. I think we're on three. two or three or something, and it's, it's fairly the same. You know, it, it works once in a while. The face, uh, the face, uh, the watch ID mm-hmm. doesn't work. The watch unlock feature doesn't mm-hmm. work. But you, you know, you just put in your password if, if that doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when when did the beta come out? Like three weeks. I ago? think it's been it at least three weeks one? ago. Yeah, at this point, beta three. Like. You know, just in my the last three weeks, if I didn't have this feature on, I mean, I would have, you know, missed it. I mean, it's made my daily life much better, you know, not having to, you know, unlock the phone every right. time I look at it, especially at work. So, you know, I, uh, and I posted in Facebook, I, I thought two weeks ago. I, I remembered, out. I I'm said, like, how do you know this? <laughs> well, it, it was a week uh, in between, and, we you know, it, assumptions, just, yeah. Yeah, no, I just I don't know whether uh, I don't you know what are we on Thursday now? So probably not until maybe next week, but we'll yeah. see. What you th- what do you think about this guy? I know you got you said you have your beta on uh, your iPad, right? Have you been using that for a while? Yeah, you know I think the um, the biggest reason why they've been kind of holding off on this is they're they're trying to give developers a yeah. chance to update their applications because right now. If you go into uh, the app stores, you'll have a little some verbiage down there on the bottom that basically says, you know, this app either collects X, Y, Z or doesn't collect any data or something along those lines. But right now it's on the honor system. So Apple is depending on the developers to be honest about the type of data that they're collecting. And when 14.5 comes out, that's when the rubber hits the road and basically Apple saying, okay, no more screwing around here. If we find out that your application is collecting data that you say you're not collecting, then there's going to be consequences. So the delay to me says more along the lines of, you know, Apple is, is letting developers know, 
this is coming and this is going to happen. And you either have to update your applications to meet our expectations or your applications are going to go away. And when you look at the fact that, that the iOS store is the, the, the biggest and most profitable for developers of any mobile app store that's out there. Yeah. You, you know, you've got to, you got to give developers some time, especially all these developers that have all these free applications that basically are just there to collect data and then sell off to the highest bidder. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I mean, I, there's been quite a debate with, with, with this whole thing, with the privacy, um, you know, notably Facebook and, and Google, of course, were resistant to even doing an update. I mean, Google held back, what, uh, two months of updating their apps. And, and, they, yeah, and then they updates. finally, there was a minor update to it, to the, uh, the, the Gmail app, uh, I think a week or two ago. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely been, uh, interesting to see that Apple has decided to, uh, to hold hold back on this a lot longer than normal with the beta releases. So, uh. well, one of the things I'm looking forward to with this is the uh, updates to Apple Maps yeah. because uh, I've been I, you know, Apple and Apple Maps has gotten so much better over the years. However, when I'm doing long distance driving, I'm using Waze because right. Waze just gives me the features that I want as I'm as I'm driving down the highway. And the, the new version of Apple Maps is supposed to be more like yep. Waze in, in the types of reporting that it does. So I'm looking forward to that, especially with a potential trip to uh, uh, Florida over the next sure. month or so. Have, uh, something else to add, Warren? You're muted. Microphone. No, your thing turned it off again. The slider went all the way. To, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> muted. Uh, no, no, no more thoughts. Uh, just uh, everybody's waiting for it. It's good. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, even even when, we, um, when we we're on uh, Mac versus Live, Brittany Smith said that she went and did the updates, and I didn't think she was the type to to go on to a beta that that and she did. So yeah, so people, a lot of people are, are jumping. Oh, people, They're jumping because they want it. Yeah. They want that. So. Okay. Um, and, uh, so that's about, that's beta this week. And, um, I also, yeah, one thing else I wanted to mention on iOS, there was, uh, there was, there was a, a story here about Apple podcasts. Uh, the app is now going to let users follow quote unquote, follow new content instead of subscribe, which, you know, hallelujah, because I'm, I've never been a huge fan of the podcast app. Honestly, I mean, I use podcast has been my favorite uh, podcatcher of choice, but Apple is making a small, but it is a notable change the way people can listen and sign up for, to get updates about new podcast content, uh, with, uh, with the company changing the word subscribe to follow in the podcast app. Uh, that 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 the wording shift is uh, in the podcast app was highlighted uh, by by Pod News uh, with the site pointing out that uh, the word subscribe could have been it could have misled uh, podcast uh, users into thinking that the podcast costs money. Yeah, I got that. It makes sense using that word. So I guess it's more of a wording thing than anything else. But uh, I mean, so both you guys, I don't use, I haven't used Apple Podcasts much, but I have to respect it because a lot of people who listen to this show uh, do use Apple Podcasts to listen. So I do. Yeah. I do? still use okay. it. Uh, me, this, uh, what, uh, the way I understood this was it was more along the lines of following a podcast as compared to subscribing right. to a podcast means that you're not actually physically downloading the show 
to your phone or, or other device, you're basically just streaming it. So, you, you know, if, if you're, if you have a limited, if you have a, a device with limited storage, then yeah, you know, you're going to save some space over the, you know, depending on how many podcasts you have, if you, if you listen to a, you know, a hundred podcasts, yeah, that, that could be significant. But if you're only listening to, you know, three, three to five podcasts every month or every right. week, then you probably wouldn't really even notice. All right, let's uh, move on. I've got a couple uh, uh, reviews I'm going to do. A couple uh, uh, review units were received, so I wanted to you know, give these folks props as well as talk about their products. I did use it for a little bit. Um, the first one I have is made by a company called Go Donut, which is kind of like, like mm, donuts. I want to have some donuts, right? I know that's what you, you, you and I said guys before the show. Um, and uh, their website, godonut.com. And what they've come up with is a universal stand. I'm showing you on camera here for those watching on the feed. Um, and it's a, you know, it's, it's a really solid, uh, little ring that allows you to be able to not hold, not only hold the i uh, the iPhone, you're also going to hold the iPad. Um, it's got two different angles. So it goes into uh, a, a, a tilted angle. So you can just set it on a table and being able to watch a, a video on your iPhone or your iPad. And then the, the second angle brings it all the way down flat. So you could actually, you know, hold the device and lay it flat. Um, it's a it pretty solidly built. I'm, I was, I'm very impressed with this. And they've got two types of devices. They actually have a regular donut. And then this also, of course, comes in multiple, multiple colors, but also has a, a donut 360 where it's got this little base here. Uh, and then what is it? It's a plastic base that mounts to the donut. And actually now I can use either one of these donuts if I decide to switch colors and it, it does fit because it has pin slots that will this will uh, pop into and the plastic mechanism that uh, that goes for the 360 is just basically that it it uh, it pops right into the to, to, to the donut you take off this ring and there's a ring that, that actually holds it in place if you don't want it to spin and when you take that out it, it spins freely you're going to hear that the way it's moving um so it gives you a 360 degree way of moving your device back and forth now, it is pretty solid. I, I was pretty impressed of uh, how how solidly built it is. It's you know it's like a like a rubber uh, plastic roll. I mean, I'm pushing this really hard, and it's 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 pretty hard to to squash this thing. Um, with the iPads, depending on what iPad you have, you know, I tried it with my iPad 11 inch and it holds a pretty good. If you go into the either one one of the modes, sometimes it's not so terribly stable. You almost you're almost better off having two go donuts and having the the iPad and especially if you have a 12.9 inch um, device. So, uh, but it, I think a pretty cool a pretty cool device. Not too terribly expensive. You can buy it for 24.99. Uh, it's available on Amazon or on their website, uh, and then it's 29.99, I believe, uh, for the one with uh, the 360. So not too terribly expensive. Um, and uh, let me I'll just double check those prices. Uh, and they got a couple different styles. This is the Go Donut. Oh, I'm sorry. The Go Donut, Go Donut Original uh, is 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 kind of like a really plain looking color. This ones I have are the glazed. So I'm thinking if you feel like I'm getting hungry, I want to eat donuts. Uh, those are uh, <laughs> that's more of a shiny finish. That's twenty four ninety nine, and then the Go Donut three sixty that includes that spinning disc is at twenty nine ninety nine. So. Uh, do you, uh, guy, do you use, have you used any of these types of stands for your iOS devices at all? Or do you just have cases or what do you usually use? Well, I have a, um, I have one for my phone 
that folds kind of flat that I, I I'll carry with me when I'm, when I'm traveling. Uh, something I had a number of years ago was, was made by uh, a good friend of the MyMac podcast, James Turner. It was made out of wood that he would basically make in his shop. It was called the wood pad. And it was the same kind of thing, sort mm-hmm. of, you know, it was like a rectangular block of wood and you had two different viewing angles that you could, you could put a device in. Uh, it was, it, I don't remember how much it costs off the top of my head. He doesn't make it anymore, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But there's always a market for these kinds of things, because especially if you don't have a case keyboard kind of thing where, you know, you'll have multiple viewing angles, something along yep. those lines. So yep. people who, who just want an iPad, especially if you're using it as a consumption device, uh, these kinds of devices are, are godsends because you can just you put it on the kitchen counter and and you watch whatever it is, whatever content you want to watch in the kitchen or the right. bedroom or wherever. You're good to go. And that's what I like about this go down. I mean, I, a lot of times I'll, I'll go sit down on my our island down in our kitchen, and I'm grabbing a quick quick bite for lunch. Uh, of course, because working from home, that's generally where you're going to go, and you don't want to be sitting at the desk you're sitting at all day long. So, I put the the go donut right down on the table there and have my have my iphone sitting on there sideways and i'll i'll watch a video while i'm doing it and, and it beats having to set it up against like a basket or something that's on, on the table here so um warren what do you think do you think there'd be something that you would uh, be interested in getting the, the go donut yeah it looks like a, a huge uh, pop socket kind of thing to me but did i look at it show, show me the, the actual thing. yeah you got to turn your volume up again too <laughs> or, or get closer to the mic what well, I, I don't know um so that's yeah so and that's the thing that spins uh, or this no? yeah this is yeah, yeah, this is yeah. this is the donut itself and then this is the spinning uh, that makes it the 360 that just uh, there, there's there's pins okay. on the bottom of it I'll, I'll show you on this one you, you, you can see it on the camera but of course people listening can't oh, see yeah. that but yeah. and then yeah it so it just sits and it'll just spin so you can spin it instead of you having to actually physically move it it, it actually has a spinning disc. Right. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty ingenious thing. Right. And, it's, and the thing is it is universal. So it can be used with pretty much any, any tablet and any, uh, any smartphone. Um, I mean, I, I know I, I saw they were interviewed on Mac voices, uh, the, uh, the CEO and, and the marketing person on the, uh, those gals were showing it. Uh, they were, they actually put their Surface Pro in there as a uh, as a propping it up when they were using the webcam on their Surface Pro. So, so it's got a lot of applications. It's it's universal, which is nice. Uh, but it fits really well with the iPhone uh, and the iPad for sure. So, all right. Um, next uh, product, I, I I did talk to these guys uh, at CES, and um, they uh, 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 they. They came up with a product called the uh, Mighty Mike, uh, and it's made by Amperage. Uh, and uh, let me. Uh, Did you say uh, microphone? I said microphone. I knew, and, and mm-hmm. I knew. I, I purposely put this on this show, guy, because I knew you'd get excited about it. So, um, and uh, it, it it is a, a Bluetooth wireless microphone that works perfectly with a uh, uh, with your iPhone or your iPad, anything that's Bluetooth, and this is it on the camera here. I don't know, uh, obviously have all these links in the show notes. It's almost about the size of a small thumb drive, honestly. And this this does have the the uh, the wireless, uh, uh, the Bluetooth 5.0, so it's the latest, uh, greatest uh, of that. Um, it, it can act as a, a as a Bluetooth device that will clip onto your, onto your shirt and be able to talk. Or what you also can do is you can plug in a, 
lapel mic or a handheld mic because it does have a mic jack at the top of it. And uh, showing this on camera, you guys can see it. So that plugs in now as a mic. So and it has switches on the side, so it allows you to be able to go between uh, external or internal mics, uh, as well as the, the mic sensitivity. Has there's a set there's a setting on it here um, that has that. So um, pretty. So it's it's also kind of an audio. It interface is an audio stuff. interface as well. This will actually act as a as a speaker. So you actually could play back if you wanted to use it for a monitor. And if you weren't using it as a mic, uh, it, it can do that too. So it uh, so it's it's pretty slick here. I uh, I actually let's see, let's see if I was going to attempt to pull this off. I did record something. Sound is okay. I mean I, I don't think it's anything really bad. So um, let me go ahead and I'm going to enable this so I can hear this. And I'm going to play you the, the first one. I'm going to play is. I recorded this uh, with a lapel mic, so listen, take a listen to this. This is the lapel mic that's plugged into the Mighty Mic Pro. Wanted to see what this sounds like. Let's see uh, what kind of good quality sound we're getting out of this. So, not it's bad. Not bad. Uh, and, and, and it wasn't too terribly bad. That that was with the lapel mic. So let's uh, let's go ahead and let's play the uh, uh, through the Bluetooth device itself. This is a demo for In Touch with iOS. Wanted to see what the Mighty Mic Pro mic sounds like. So, a little muffled, I thought, from using that Bluetooth. Uh, but for the most part, I, I think for for what its application is, and they 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 market they're marketing it for being able to be interviewing somebody. You could have the put that the lapel on there and the on their shirt, and then you can get a handheld and and, and it'll all be there and go 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 Bluetooth. Uh, you know, it comes in handy when you're doing the interviews. So, so guy, you being the mic guy, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm always interested in new ways to spend money on on microphones that I probably shouldn't spend. Um, I, I hit the link that you had in the show notes. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, that was sure the wrong link here. Let me, if, uh, I'm sorry. I, I put the Amazon and that's the, that's another product that they sell. Uh, that's the, uh, let me put this in the show notes here. Uh, it's, uh, it's amperage.com is the company name. A M P R I P R I D G E.com. And, uh, I will uh, put that link in the show notes to make sure I have the right link this time. Uh, I'll put this here. Uh, you can get to that uh, if I can paste it. There you go. And uh, this this will give you all the information about about this product. And, and again, it's called the Mighty Mic Pro. Um, you'll get up to thirty feet of uh, range uh, with the DSP noise reduction. Um, it does have extended battery life, so you get about nine to ten hours, um, and it could use battery packs if you want to. It's got the USB uh, B uh, small micro uh, plug, so you could you could you could plug it in there. It does work with uh, the D the DJI gimbals mounts, and um, one of the things it does use is the the app that uh, the apps that it works with the best, is especially with video, is uh, Filmic Pro, which is probably one of the de facto super superb uh, video. Uh, uh, apps that are out there for for video, but they have some other apps that they have on their site here that that shows uh, what what it's also able to do. Um, uh, but it's it's again they call it a multifunction wireless microphone. Um, uh, again, I interviewed these guys from CES and they they were kind enough to provide uh, this this review unit. For the most part, I think I'm pretty 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 impressed with it. It'll work with Zoom, with Skype, Teams, so you could utilize it for there if you wanted to as well. So it'll it'll connect to your Mac. Uh, as well as uh, if you were going to use your iPad or your iPhone. That's yeah. the M1. 
Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, except yeah, if you have any Bluetooth issues with your M1. So, anything you think of, uh, Warren, you like with about this, which is something you would use as you're muted? Yes. Just, oh, I'm mute because I'm, I'm playing around in the settings. Is it, yes. is it too loud? <laughs> yeah. So we we need we need to we need to talk. <laughs> it was like it was perfect. I didn't change it. Yeah, now it's, it's it's overmodulated here. So um, all right, let's uh, let's go on. I got one. Well, it's eighty. Seventy nine ninety five. Eighty nine. You can't beat it. Um, if you want, you can get. Yeah. They they do sell extra mics if you want to. I already had the lapel mic. Actually, this is from our. What was the name of our our, our board that we got? The the set I had that that came with it. Uh, uh, I forgot the name of it. Uh, no, the, uh, the 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 Rodecaster uh, Mini <laughs> that we bought. Oh oh, oh yeah oh. Yeah, I got it. Sitting um, over, but I'm not gonna go look. But yeah, but I already had I had a uh, Monocast. Yeah, but I had already had another lapel mic like this because it's got the uh, you know the 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 the, the, the three notch prong uh, plug for it, and that's that's a specific mic that'll work, and it worked perfectly with this. So, um, well, the phone has a jack yeah, like so that. Seventy nine ninety five. Yeah, you can't beat it. Um, and uh, I, I definitely think uh, it's it's something though worth uh, t- checking out. So. Um, all right, let's uh, getting close to the end of the show here. But let's let's go, go ahead and I got uh, one app I wanted to talk about uh, this week, and uh, it's I guess it's more of a new service. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of Guy Fieri, and he's he's got your name, Guy, uh, Guy. Yeah. Like him already. And uh, he, you know, of course, he's well known for doing diners, drive-ins, and dives, and um, he's uh, on the Food Network. Does a lot. Is a, a, pr- a pretty awesome chef. He's got a uh, he's got. Um, he had a lot of restaurants around the country, and of course, he's been a bit advocate of helping uh, folks that have been less fortunate at being able to to work because of the pandemic. So, um, so they, he he created what's called the Guy Fieri's Flavor Count Flavor Town Kitchen. He's he's a uh, that's that's what he's known for, and um, what he's done is he's bringing all the foods that uh, and he's got a restaurant in Vegas and a lot of places around the country. Um, so what he's done is he's bringing little, little delivery shops that, that make this food all over the country. And they've got local, local locations here where I live. And I'm sure they have them out by where you live guy and, and Warren as well. And, uh, thought this was a, this is a cool concept and you, it's not, does not have a restaurant front at all. It's, it's just basically a kitchen and they'll cook the food for you and then, and then it's delivered and then they deliver it to you. So, and the app is, uh, is, is pretty cool. It's got the menu. It tells you what, uh, what, uh, uh, what foods, what, what, uh, food is available. And, uh, of course the, the app itself is free and, uh, check it out. I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about this is that it's not like he has set up, these kitchens all over the country. Right. It's, it's basically already established local mm-hmm. restaurants that already have all of the, the bits and pieces to make whatever mm-hmm. the meals are. And he provides the recipes. He provides guidance as to how it's supposed to be prepared. Right. So generally if you order something through this application, no matter where you are, it's going to be similar right. from whatever location you get it from. And it's, it's a great yeah, idea. So. And, and how fitting it's, it's on the iOS, uh, on iOS and on your iPhone. And, uh, and I, I think it's a uh, good stuff. So Warren, you got anything to add uh, or is your mic still? <laughs> well, I'm using my, uh, headphones. Yes. Can you hear me at least? Yes. All right. So we'll, we'll worry about the mic later. Um, no, uh, guy, Fieri, uh, uh, I've been to a couple of his restaurants. He has right. one in Vegas uh, that we go to, and uh, yeah, 
It sounds great. Great. I don't have much yeah, else no, to talk about it, that. It, but it's, uh, it's just yeah, it was an interesting app and an uh, interesting service come out this week. So, uh, but, uh, all right, let's uh, go ahead and wrap things up here this week. Uh, that was a good show. Got, got a lot of good information. And, uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, and that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS. You can subscribe in your favorite podcatcher, including Apple Podcasts and many others. We're even on Radio.com, surprisingly enough. I was able to get us on there. So you can listen to us on there. But uh, better yet, just go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsburg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. And Guy, thanks again for being on the show. We always love having you. And uh, tell, tell us where fun. we can find you. Oh my goodness, Guy at mymac.com is the email address. Uh, Guy's daily drive in touch. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> why would I say in I touch with iOS? Yeah. Guy's daily drive, Mac to the future, and uh, the mighty mymac.com podcast I do with Gaz are the three different podcasts that I do. Uh, there's, of course, also the Tuesday night meetup right. with Chuck that uh, that. Both you and I, and and occasionally Warren, sometimes will contribute yeah. to my yeah. Twitter. I have two different Twitter accounts. I have Vert Shark, and as as well as Mac mm-hmm. Parrot. Uh, VertShark.com is the website. You can help support my my ever growing microphone <laughs> obsession by going to patreon.com forward slash Mac Parrot Coffee dash sorry k o dash f i dot com forward slash Mac Parrot, or you can pay a pal at uh, paypal.me forward slash Mac Parrot. And if you, I also have a YouTube channel, which is a vert, just go there and look up Vert Shark. It'll all, all show right. up there and make sure that you like, share, subscribe. Did you see it yep. the first time? Like, share, subscribe. All you gotta do. It's so easy. All right. That's thanks it. for being our guy. And uh, Warren, any, anything Thank going you. on in uh, Mac to the future this week worth um, noting? Uh, I'm not even going to check. I'm going to go straight to the Behringer Manual page uh, <laughs> and uh, start All from right. there. So, <laughs> who knows? That's where you'll find me the next two days reading uh, reading up on this Good. stuff. So. No, we, if anybody doesn't know, we uh, we, 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 next we we we, we, we I, I, I'm, I'm calling it. We swapped crap. <laughs> You sent me stuff. I said I sent shop. you stuff, and I know you've been wanting, wanting to get a new yeah. mic and a new mixer and get into our world. So, uh, well, we we knew we, 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 we you'd be learning. Said, so, <laughs> I had no idea what, what I was getting into. This thing looks like this thing looks like it was uh, like one of those book manuals that just nah, come not to not cars. <laughs> It'll take a little getting used to, but uh, okay. appreciate everybody listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll talk again soon.